only. Carry on only. Dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. With award-winning photographer, creative director, and travel expert, Jill Pater. Jill has worked in over 100 countries, has published 21 books on architecture, design, travel, and gastronomy. Now, here's Jill and her co-host, Lisa Polachek. So, Jill, we're going to Singapore today. Yes, we are. If you love eating and shopping, this is the capital of the world for you. Wow. Why am I not there already? <laughs> um, what... what kinds of things, what reputation of Singapore kind of drew you in, got it on your radar in the first place? Well, Singapore, and I, I think it's important to note, this is actually one of our listeners' choice. So we put it out to our audience Ooh. of where they want Carry On Only to go. And Singapore, probably due to Crazy Rich Asians, the, the very popular movie, came up on the list. And it's really a great it's a great place for people who have never been to, to Asia. It's a great starting point. It's also a great place for people who have been many times to go because it's kind of everything served up on a platter. It's very easy to get around. It's the melting pot of a lot of Asian cultures. And so food-wise, it's amazing. You have shopping, you have entertainment, nightlife, spa. It's a great spa and wellness destination, um, which we're featuring a lot on this season of the podcast. Mm -hmm. I know you usually have some projects, some publishing projects in mind when you scope out a destination. So what kinds of things did you think you were going to uh, shoot or document or explore work-wise? So this was really about the latest and greatest in wellness and food. And so I used images while I was there um, for Asian Design, which is a book that came out last year. A book that's coming out this year is called Modern Refuge, which features modern wellness resorts around the world um, and design and destination. So it, it, Singapore got heavy play in these books because it, it kind of in, in wellness really pushes, pushes it quite a bit further than other places. Um, and it's just such an easy place to travel to. And people are there. It's not a destination that you have to spend like 10 days. You can go there for it can be a short weekend trip. It can be a couple of days. So it really appeals to a lot of different travelers. Travelers in the region wanting to take a break from somewhere else can easily pop in and out of Singapore. Okay. So it sounds like a listener or an audience recommendation ended up really paying dividends for you. Yes. Sounds like a, a lot came of it. What, um, what kind of surprises were in store for you in Singapore? What kinds of things did you not expect? I think going there, I didn't, one, it's a very compact city-state, um, but still, still very busy, very active. I was just impressed how easy it was to get around, how modern of a city it was. I knew, knew that to some extent going into it, but people there are so friendly. It's so geared up for tourism, and it's just, it's a really welcoming place, which is always a nice surprise anytime you go anywhere. Of course. Um, you mentioned that it's easy to get around. What what are the transportation options? So they have a, a rapid transit system, the MRT, um, which you can hop on and that will get you to the majority of places that you need to go. Also, of course, taxis and Ubers um, are pretty plentiful as well. Cool. Um, so you love this, the wellness spa uh, uh, scenario. What, uh, what are some of the other top top highlights for you probably for most people for most people the hawker centers so these are the hawker stalls where you can go and eat your heart out uh they're they're kind of um 
state-sanctioned street stalls that have very high um, health standards to them that you can kind of you know, go in and, and get anything you want from the best vendors in one spot. So that's a huge draw. Um, street food all the way up to Michelin star restaurants. So you have some of the top restaurants in the world. Um, one of my favorites was a restaurant called Pollen, which is in the Botanical Gardens, and everything is just beautifully plated and looks like it was like plucked right out of the garden. Um, nightlife is huge there, um, as well as shopping. Shopping is a big national pastime and a pastime for tourists. Did you indulge in much shopping? A, a little bit. You know, I'm not, I'm not a huge, I love looking. Like, I love looking and seeing what's available and, and just kind of window shopping. I'm not a huge shopper when I travel because when I travel carry on only so that limits me and I just I feel like the experience is really the takeaway like for me my pictures my books the the work that I do is really kind of the ultimate like document of that trip makes sense Um, but people who I I know plenty of people who like to shop that listen to this podcast so you you know please bring extra bags don't you might go carry on there but you'll be definitely checking on the way home excellent is there a certain time of the year that's best to head to Singapore or are there times of year to stay away? Singapore is pretty much a year-round destination. Um, July and August tend to be slower times for business travel, so it might be an opportunity to find you know, better discounts on accommodation and airfare. But it's pretty much a, a year-round place and it's, it's warm and humid year-round, similar type weather, um, so that's not much of a concern either. Okay. And did you say like seven to 10 days for staying? Um, no, actually with Singapore, it's one of the places, you know, usually in the, in the podcast season, we kind of go places for a little bit or recommend longer time. Singapore is, is a place that you can visit for a couple of days, two to three days, I would say at a minimum, um, which makes it a nice jumping point to other, other parts of Asia. Okay. I, you know, I always like to stay a little longer. Um, so seven to 10 days is kind of my preference for, for any trip, a starting point, but okay. certainly three will give you a good taste. Okay. How do you mastermind your budget for a travel like this? So I always, I'm always in my, uh, procrastination time on my computer. I'm always looking at flights. I'm always looking at hotels and kind of researching things. So I just like to have an idea in the back of my head of like kind of what a ticket looks like. The, the time of year, what accommodations are going to look like. So I start looking at that. Then I kind of go in and see, you know, what things can I photograph? I look at all, you know, the book projects I'm doing at the time and see how this destination might fit into that and, and just kind of put the pieces together. And then, of course, I look around the region and see, well, is there anywhere else in the neighborhood I need to go? Well, you know, while I'm all the way there. And things kind of tend to magically fall into place after that. Like I know, I know, like, for example, right now I have a list of destinations that I want to go to and I know it's just kind of a matter of time and they, they kind of fall into place when it's the right season to be there, when, you know, budgeting wise tickets are looking good. Um, and, and so it's just, it's kind of nice to have that on hand to make the most of the travel budget. Speaking of your projects, do you go into a place like Singapore knowing everything you want to shoot, everything you want to see? Do you know your topics in advance or are you discovering things along the way and going, oh, that would be a book? I always do a bit of research in advance, but typically I find, you know, I kind of have master notes of things that I might want to do or might want to see, but I, I tend to wait till I actually get to a destination to, to plan because you don't really want to go in over plan. There's there's so many things you're going to find out and see when you're there. So you want to loosen up your schedule a little bit, but still have backup 
of, of things that you know you want to do to kind of cross off the list. Most of my books come after I'm there and just kind of scouting because I'll, I might read about a, a new resort that opened and they might have a sister resor- resort opening somewhere else in town. So then you find out about that. So you get these kind of clues and I love discovering while I'm there because that's, that's where I really find the latest and greatest and it makes it more interesting and fun than having something that's totally planned out. Yeah. Did you befriend anyone or did anyone kind of take you under his or her wing and, and show you a few secrets? Yes. Yeah, so one of the great things about, do, about working in publishing and, and having all these books is that I, I contact a lot of people in advance and you know just kind of find out what's going on and find out what they have. So I have lots of friends in the hospitality industry, new and old. You know, sometimes it's just somebody I'm meeting to, to see a resort or photograph a spa. And I find that, you know, people, especially in the tourist industry, are super friendly and super helpful. So it, they love having, you know, travelers come in and, and do features on them and, and kind of show the rest of the world their destination. So they're always super friendly, always kind of taking me to the latest and greatest places that they know um, which are usually, you know, just the best spots, Wonderful. right? Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. So b- back to when you were talking about working on your budget for a trip, do you have any secrets for like super low cost stuff? Pe- you know, just ways of getting, the gr- getting access to the great stuff for either not a ton of money or maybe avoiding crowds? Yes, I, I definitely recommend you know trying to avoid the highest season, so high holidays anywhere, which we talk a lot about on on, on the podcast. Like anytime, you know, if it's if it's a spring break time or if it's the Christmas holidays, those are just naturally really busy times, and they're the most most expensive times to travel. So if you can, you know, I know a lot of people work nine to five jobs. If you can get off a different time of year. You're going to save, just with that alone, you're probably going to save like 50 to 60%. And then beyond that, with all the travel websites out right now, with all the different point systems and credit cards, there's so many ways to maneuver budgeting travel. And I think if you really want to go somewhere or if, if, if a place, a certain destination is really calling you, you can always make it happen. Once you start researching, you'll, you'll see like there are a lot of cheap flight email chains that you can get on and Google Flights and Momundo is another great site. There's so many ways of making the budget accessible. I would say never let that deter you. If you want to go somewhere, there is a way to make it happen within a reasonable budget. Okay. And, the, and the reverse is also true. Like if you want to go and, you know, sell the farm and like spend everything, I mean, you can go for that too. Like yeah. I was in, I did a trip during graduate school to Morocco, for example. And, you know, we went on a budget of something crazy. I think it was under $1,000. And then in the Guardian newspaper the following weekend, they featured the same trip, the same exact trip we did, and it was something like $15,000. So there's there's all different types of ways to travel. One isn't wrong or right. It's whatever you're comfortable with and whatever you can make work with your budget. The point is to do the trip. Okay. Yeah. Um, If you were going to get your crazy rich Asian on Mm -hmm. and just you have a wad of cash. Yes, and I love you, this. And you're I like in, where we're going with yes, this. Yes, yes. And you're in Singapore. Where are you blowing all that cash? Well, I would. the first place I would go to blow cash is one on a first-class flight, okay. right? And then the resort. So for me, luxury accommodations are the best. I can't always, you know, they're not always in the budget, but there are some great destination spas in Singapore. 
I mean, the world's really your oyster and in, in high-end hotels. So that would be my second stop. And then food. I would hit every Michelin star. I'd hit the hawker stalls and do the street food for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'd hit every Michelin star restaurant I could get my hands on. And then spa treatments, of course. Wonderful. If there's still more money left than, than the shopping. Okay. Yes. So, and then when we hit on shopping, that has to take us back to your packing style and what kinds of clothes you're bringing with you and how, I mean, I know you tend to keep it pretty light and, you know, so that you can move quickly without a lot of fuss and muss. How are you packing for Singapore? So Singapore is generally pretty warm and humid year round. You're going to want, it is dressier at night. People dress up a little bit more, especially for you know, the higher end restaurants. And if you're in like luxury hospitality places, you're probably going to want to beef it up at night and probably just have a change of clothes because it is so warm and humid during the day. So I plan on kind of two, two sets of items per day. The other thing that you're going to want actually in most places are really good. I like designer sneakers or really super comfortable footwear. And fortunately now designer sneakers are very in style. So you can kind of get away with wearing them with nice jeans and say a jacket anywhere and be be good for at least daytime activities. But the footwear to me is really key. Like trying to wear, you know, your Manolo Blahniks walking around town. You know, it's you're, you're either going to get hurt or be very uncomfortable the rest of the trip right. or both. Right. And so having that, you know, having good shoes and even for your evening shoes, having something that's a little bit more comfortable than, you know, just the, the stilettos you might wear at home. Very good. Well, this has been wonderful. Singapore is on the list officially. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is all we have time for today, but please join us again next month for the next episode of Carry On Only. It's going to be great. Carry On Only. Thanks for listening to Carry On Only, dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. Listen to Jill take you around the world in style, live every week right here or 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share. For immediate access to Jill's destination guides, blog, and show notes, please visit JillPater.com. And follow her on Instagram at JillPater. 